morning and welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast. I'm Tom Richardson. It is November the 6th, 2020. Oh boy. Three days after a United States presidential election, we still don't really know who the president is. We have a pretty good feeling of who it will be. The people supposedly have spoken. I don't do politics on my show here, but I'm going to do a little bit today. It seems funny that four years ago, all these Democratic pukes could do, I'm sorry for that, but that's how I feel sometimes, the pundit types and those who push a media narrative, all they could yell about was there was a voter fraud, there was a Russian collusion, there was something that needs to be fixed. We need voter reform. We always need a reform of some sort. The old ways aren't good enough because they're too too easily to corrupt. This year, they are supposed silence from the left, from the socialists, from the, the dragons that want to pull us down and make us into this new nation of socialistic little robots. They don't talk about voter fraud now. They say, oh, there's integrity within the system. But yet, the President Trump is telling them, I've told you for months, there's going to be fraud in this election. I think there's fraud in all of them. I I really do. And I think it's been something that goes on forever. But, uh, well, maybe not from the very first, because they had a better view of it back in 1780 or whatever. But, you know, what we need to go for here is that there's, there's definitely something afoot. Yes, I do. I do lean very harshly to the right. I'm a red state guy. I'm a Republican. You know, quit listening to me now if you don't want to hear it. But I, I don't. I don't skew my biblical ideals into my political ideas. It just doesn't seem like the way to mix things. What I will say is in Jan- Daniel chapter two, and I believe it is verse two or thereabouts, and you can you can fact check me on that, but it is in Daniel chapter 2, and it's in other places as well, that God says, he sets kings up, he takes kings down. He puts who he wants in power, and he removes who he wants from power. There is a divine reason for everything. If you are a born again person, a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, one who wishes to walk in his footsteps and not just be one who gives him lip service, but also opens their heart to the truth. There is so little of that in our modern day churches. We have pastors, supposedly, I put that in scare quotes, who want to stand before you and give you some wonderfully uh, narcissistic idea of what a passage, one little, one, one little line of scripture may mean. But when you have a guy who will stand there, and I, uh, I had a good friend, 
who did this, and there's others that are in his wake, who was unapologetically would go through the Bible book by book, or through the life of Christ book by book, setting it all together. It's called The word escaped me. It'll come later. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> As you get older and you get a little bit steered or stirred, sometimes a word will get away from you. You can leave it in the comments for me because I'm probably not going to remember the, the type of preaching that you just take it word by word, you know, precept on precept. You know, people don't want to hear that anymore. They're so used to being fed with this spoonful of milk that they aren't ready for a nice big chunk of meat. They're divorcing themselves from all things Old Testament because the pastor will say, well, we're in the New Testament church. We don't live in the Old Testament. Let me tell you something. This is the whole counsel of God. Even a ignorant biblical literist, and that's one who takes everything so literal that it's pathetic. Now, I am a biblical literist to a certain degree, but we also have to be able to be intelligent enough to know what is, you know, there for illustrative purposes we get into a lot of the weeds when we go down the strict line of biblical literacy i mean if you want to stop that uh argument in its footsteps with someone who says i'm a biblical literist you just say okay well what about when jesus says if it is better for you to pluck out your eye and enter into heaven half blind did he really mean that you should pluck out your eye, cut off your arm, chop off your leg? What, what, where, you want me to get the axe, Mr. Literist? That's not biblical literation. That's, that's not Jesus. Now, you know, if you have a limb that's causing you to sin that much, maybe you are better off without it. But the thing of it he's trying to say is you need to replace that sinful idea or that sinful nature with his nature. Get your whole body. There's a, another uh, biblical doctrine out there that doesn't get used. It's, it's the, about where Paul said mortification. Uh, people don't preach that, you know, that we need to mortify our bodies to take things out that don't belong when you when you go around with this platitude of i'm a sinner saved by grace well that is so true we all are and we are still sinners we don't stop sinning but we are to stop living in sin when we give people that false hope thing of I'm a sinner saved by grace and you still have a license to do whatever because it's okay 
You're under the blood. Sin all you want. You're going to sin anyway, so you might as well do it and get it over with. That's what the people hear when you say things like that. What we should be saying is, do you want to follow Christ? Do you want to follow God? Do you want to be like Enoch and Noah? It says of both of these men, in a time when the world was coming close to an end, I shouldn't say that, what all the things on earth were coming close to an end. An age was getting ready to close. These men followed God. Enoch was translated, as it says in Hebrews 11. Noah and his family stepped onto the ark, and God closed the door. He preached to people for 120-something years, and nobody listened. Save his family. And I'm sure that ride on the ark was probably an interesting time to be, you know, why are we bouncing around all these animals, you know, going on and on. But the thing of it is, is we're human, and we will, we will complain and we'll, we'll cause our own problems. I have to say we're, we're nearing something. Now, I'm not saying that, a, that an American presidential political election is some prophetic time stamp. The time stamps were Israel becoming a nation and all the things that progressed since then. This is just another piece of the puzzle, perhaps. Another piece of the puzzle. I said four years ago, and I was I was shocked to stay up late and watch Hillary Clinton concede her race to Donald Trump. And, you know, of course, I was happy because I really did not want that woman to be in charge of this country. It would have been a f- completely different place. But let me say this. I told people through Facebook we, and wherever there was a, a conversation that we could have, Amongst brethren, I'll say this, we need to get off this Trump thing because everybody was touting how great Trump is. Now, that's okay. He did a, he's done a good job in, in these past four years. He's tried to hold to what he could do. He's also done some things that were a little bit shaky, just like anybody else. But we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. What I want to say is I've told people, quit blowing his horn and start blowing God's horn. I know preachers who love to blow their own horn. I'm so strong, I can do this. I'm so this, I can do that. I'm so the other thing. You should be doing like I do. And they're, they're talking about their physicality. And then, of course, they like to throw in there how they've saved so many souls and they've done this, they've done the other thing. I, I don't talk about that because... I've literally touched a lot of lives. I, I don't know how many have dis- made a decision through those many years to be- become followers of Christ. I don't know. It's not up to me. It's like Paul said, you know, one waters, another, uh, you know, one plants a seed, another waters, and God gives the increase. It's God's work to grow the vine, not mine. I just go plant the seeds. Then as a pastor or someone who does what I'm doing right now, I'm not calling myself a pastor, of course, but for someone who sits and expounds on the Word of God, I'm planting seeds again 
to believers probably, I hope, uh, in some regard. Those who listen are, are, are coming because they want something a little bit more chewy than the milk that you'll get when you sit in the pew. Some churches, you never even get to the scriptures. They're too busy telling you about what they did this week. I didn't come here on Sunday morning to hear your homily on what you did. I want to know what God did. Open my eyes to something new. Show me something that I didn't know before. There's a whole lot in this book I'm holding in my left hand right now that I don't know. There's a whole lot that that preacher don't know. Or that priest. Or whoever. Oh, but they went to college. They know more than you do, you layman. You sit down and shut up. Let me tell you something. I'll never sit down and I'll never shut up. God has given me insight through his word. He's given me good teachers that I'd never get in a college situation. I may not have something to hang on my wall and say, look at what I did. But I do have is a peace of mind of knowing that God will lead me wherever I want to go. Let me read you something. This is what we need to be holding. My, my original idea at the beginning of this today's podcast, and I'm going over, I don't care. You can listen to it in two parts if you want to. But let me tell you something. Here's my original intent was, are you ready for a Joe Biden presidency? Are you ready, Christian? Are you going to sit and mope and whine? Or are you ready? Are you ready for what might come down the pipe? The closing of your church? The shutting down of your nation? While we fight a, a, a supposed pandemic? Are you ready for that? Have you prepared? Are you spiritually set? Many are not. Are you ready if they say you can't gather in your local worship house? Are you going to go out to an invitation from friends within there and have a home set Bible study. Oh, those preachers don't like that. Oh, people getting together and studying the Word of God. We can't have that because they won't look at the hard things. I guarantee you, you get into a Bible study with me. And if you've listened to me for any period of time, and those of you out there who know me know you're going to get the hard stuff out of this book. You're not going to get that soft soap. Oh, well, we can do whatever we want. Jesus was a nice guy. He was a son of God. Of course he was a nice guy, but he was also the son of God. He is God. He is God. Sometimes God has to do things that aren't so nice. One time he smote 180,000 Assyrians. How many times did his own people go into captivity? Because they couldn't follow his word given directly to them through his servant Moses. This is what I want you to do. Then he gave them the prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Obadiah, Daniel, on and on. They told them what was coming and they wouldn't listen. I'm telling you now, something's coming. I don't know what it is, but I do believe we're nearing a tipping point where we can't come back. The people have spoken. No, God has spoken. He gave you a four-year reprieve from total socialism. 
did you get ready? Or did you sit back and say, things are good now? Let me sit underneath my vine and play my harp. But I'm telling you right now, just as it says in the Psalms, we hung our harps on the willow trees and sat down and cried. That's what's going to happen with some people. They're going to give up. Psalm 139 is a, is a psalm that tells us who God is, how, how powerful God is. The whole book's about God and how powerful he is. But uh, uh, there's a few things. Psalm 139, verse 4. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. What does that mean? That means you don't even say something. You, the words that you're going to use a week from now, God knows you're going to say them. That's how powerful God is. You, you can sit there and poo-poo that all you want, preacher, but I'm going to tell you something. This layman can read the Bible and tell you that's what it says. What you think you're going to say, oh, I sat and crafted something that's so miraculous. Oh, people are going to faint when they hear it. No. God knew you were going to do it way before. Did he prepare the people to hear it? That's the wonder. Or, or just anybody. God knows everything. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He knows everything before it happens. He's so far above us, we can't even imagine the power and the magnitude and the wonders that are our God. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day the darkness and the light are both alike to thee what wonderful words to live by that even in the darkest of times god's still there he hasn't gone anywhere oh we say it all the time god's still on the throne we don't have to blah 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 you know that platitudes people we know god's on the throne but do you really believe it do you believe that when all Shall we say hell breaks loose? Are you ready? Get out of your comfort zone, Western church, and start looking around you in places that you don't even think about. Myanmar, Mumbai, India. Places where Christians are beaten and killed in the streets and nobody, they don't care. Do those people who are both Hindus, Muslims, and every other kind of faction out there that's anti-God, anti-Christ, do they even suffer any penalty for killing a Christian or beating them half to death? No! They're heralded as some kind of superhuman. Oh, look at him. He's like, he's like, you know, it's ridiculous. It doesn't happen here, but I'm telling you, it can don't get this idea that the pre-tribulation rapture is this thing where you won't see tribulation. The Bible's very plain, and Jesus said it, and Paul wrote it as well. In this life, you will have 
tribulation. It cuts right through it, doesn't it? When you say that God's not going to allow his bride to be beaten, it hurts me to say in certain circumstances and in many places other than the good old U.S. of A, that's exactly what's happening. Chinese communists are jailing people and tearing down the churches that were there. Those that try to hide in secret and get snitched on by their neighbors, well, what happens to them? They're jailed. In Vietnam, I've heard stories of pastors being jailed and taken and let out. They go right back to pastoring. They get jailed again, their teeth knocked out, and they go right back to pastoring. What would happen in this country? These weak-kneed little wimps would come, they, they wouldn't even, you know, in jail, it's like, I like John MacArthur actually said, well, I never really had a jail ministry, so if they put me in prison, I guess that's where I'm going to be. More on this stuff later. I, I, I went 20 minutes, all right, 21. I'd better close out before I lose everybody's attention. I believe I'm fired up enough today that you get the idea. Are you ready for a Biden presidency? But more importantly, are you ready for the soon return of Jesus Christ? You better be. I don't care about Joe Biden. I don't care about this presidential election anymore. I, I knew it was in the can from the get-go. I also know that my God put whoever he wants on that uh, supposed throne in the Oval Office. He's in control. He really is. Don't, don't use it as a platitude when I say it. I mean it. Read your Bible, people, please. Study it to show thyself approved. A workman not being ashamed. Dividing rightly the word. Get into it. Dig deep. I don't care how deep you got to go. There's a lot of stuff that we don't know about this book. There's a lot of the layers that go. Don't, don't be like some of these fundamentalists that won't go through a layer because it's too spiritual. They need to change their attitude about what this book is all about. It's the truth of God written by God. He used men to do it. But every word is God-breathed. It's enough for today. Thank you. If you listened, I appreciate it. If I sound a little wound up, that's because I really am. I had two cups of coffee before I came up here today. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. But no, folks, it isn't. It's, it really is that we are living in a very dire time. And we better be doubly sure that we are bound to Christ and walking as close as we can with him, carrying our cross and denying a whole lot of ourselves. Because if we don't do that soon, we're going to get a hard lesson down the road later. God bless you and I love you for giving me your time. Have a great day. Keep your heads up. For your redemption draweth nigh. Thank you.